The following podcast is a glimpse into the life of Ecclesia Houston. We pray it is a blessing as you seek to follow Jesus, the liberating King, and live in His kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. Your labor is not in vain Though the ground underneath you is cursed and stained Planting and reaping, you're never the same. Your labor is not in vain. Your labor is not unknown. Though the rocks they cry out and the sea it may groan, the place of your toil may not seem.
Good morning, Ecclesia. I am so glad that you are here with us today. Please allow me to say this prayer over you as we begin our time of worship. Heavenly Father, I pray for every single person who is watching this from their couch, from their porch, from wherever they are. God, I pray that they would feel your presence with them today and always. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I pray. Amen.
Ecclesia, as we continue in worship this morning, I invite you to say this offering prayer with me. God, our provider and sustainer, you bind all of creation together, every molecule a gift from your hand. The life and love of Jesus display the power of generosity. Two fish and five loaves multiplied to feed thousands. We give because we belong to you and to one another. 
We give trusting that you will use these gifts to do what none of us can do alone. We open our hands in joy and hope. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Greetings, everyone. I get to share some invitations and gratitude with you during this part of our service. We are continuing our outdoor services on the west side every Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. We invite you to join us for music, prayer, and a short message, all outdoors and in a safe manner. To sign up, you can go to ecclesiahouston.org. And in case you downtown folks have been feeling left out, starting Sunday, February 21st, we will start hosting outdoor services downtown at 9 and 11. We will have registration links ready for you soon to save your spot. You know, it's hard to believe that it's already February, which means that we are approaching the season of Lent. And we will begin the season with several Ash Wednesday services, two in-person outdoor services and one online on Zoom, all on Wednesday, February the 17th. Wednesday services will be at our downtown campus at noon and then later at 6 p.m. on the West Side campus. At our midweek Vespers, we will host a Zoom Ash Wednesday service during the normal time of 8 p.m. To register, you can go to ecclesiahouston.org. We would love for you to join us as we start our Lenten journey together as a community. So I was talking to our outreach pastor Manny this week, and he asked me to convey his gratitude for the, in his words, landslide of generosity that you have shown through your generous gifts to our unhoused sisters and brothers. You know, your gifts not only encourage our friends, but encourage our staff too. I wish you could have seen Manny's face when he was describing all of the packages and drop-offs that have been coming in. He said, Mitzi, we had to take two trips from west side to downtown because the van was so full. And also expressing gratitude for your monetary donations that continue to provide three hot meals every single week. Thank you again and again for joining us in living out our rhythms of kindness and hospitality with such generosity. If you'd like to give to these efforts, you can text your donation amount to 84321 or go to ecclesiahouston.org give. Would you consider joining me in a deep breath right now? I needed that. Thank you. Friends, you are beloved. Beloved by us and beloved by God. I pray that breath will help you lovingly receive 
what God has for you through Pastor Chris's message today. God bless you, Ecclesia. This is Pastor Chris, and I am thrilled to be able to step in and teach you and pick up where Sean left off in a really unique book called Ecclesiastes. Um, as Sean shared with you, it's a book that some people don't even think it fits in the Bible. We call it a part of the wisdom literature. Uh, but the reality is, it's really unique. Um, I think personally, uh, that not only was it written by King Solomon, uh, quite likely the, the richest and wisest man to ever live, um, but also that it, it reads more like a diary. The Bible's filled with gospels and these personal letters from Paul in the New Testament. It's filled with history. Um, it, it's got this section we call the prophets and the prophets are these people that speak for God and they stand up for the poor. Uh, they call people to repentance. And then there's this really unique book written by, uh, a king of Israel in the wealthiest time in the life of Israel and also a time of peace, which was really unique. And he bears his soul. Part of what uh, you've heard as we've gone through this series is there's been a song every week, right? I, I started you off with this Chris Stapleton song that's been the starting over. And for me, that there's this sense of, uh, of a new opportunity in a new year and in a new season. And Many of you are like me and you're going through a new season. You're invited to see things in different ways. And then Sean reminded you of this U2 song last week, right? That I still haven't found what I'm looking for. And, uh, and if there's a song for this week, and I guess there is, um, it's this Mick Jagger Rolling Stones song, right? I can't get no satisfaction. Like I, King Solomon had everything and he wasn't satisfied. No, no matter what it was. In chapter one, he said, uh, the ear never has its fill of hearing or the eye its fill of seeing, right? He's, what's he saying? He's saying, you can never see enough. <laughs> and those of you that have traveled know this is true, right? You go to Paris and you don't go, well, I'm done now. You know, I've traveled all I want to travel. You go to Paris and you're like, the world's bigger and broader and the cheese tastes better than I ever thought, right? And so I'm going to try more cheese in more places because that's unbelievable. I want to see more of France. I want to see more of the world. And the world just opens up. And then in chapter two, and this is why we're going to look at it today, I'm going to take you through chapter two, three, and four. Uh, they're going to be a bit like an, an artist would paint a triptych. Uh, the triptych, right? They, um, they separate these pieces of art because each of them tells a different part of the story in a unique way. And I believe chapter two, chapter three, and chapter four tell the story of Solomon and his quest to find satisfaction and meaning in a unique way. And in chapter two, this is how he starts it. He says, come now, I will test you with pleasure to find out what is good. But that also proved, he said, to be meaningless. This word meaningless in the Hebrew, as Sean told you, it's like mist. It's, it's like uh, going outside on a cold day and your breath, right? You can see it. When you're a kid, it freaks you out the first time. Anybody remember what that felt like on a cold day when you were a kid? And you can see your breath, but you can't grab hold of it. And Solomon's saying, that's what life under the sun, for the Hebrews, uh, he keeps using this phrase under the sun, right? And for the Hebrews, they would say the things above the sun would be God. The things below the sun would be what we can see. And ultimately, what he's saying is the things you can see, the things you can touch. I mean, this book, Ecclesia, it's like it was written for American Christians. He, he says as clearly as you could say it. If you worship and care most about the things you can see and touch, you're going to miss it. 
Because you know what? The things you can see and touch, they're meaningless. He said, well, what about then? If it's not just the things you can see and touch, what about pleasure? You can't always see it, but you can experience it. And this is what he did. He said, I'm going to try everything that's pleasurable. Now, some of us have lived this way and it didn't turn out so good for us, right? Or maybe you tried to live this way, but you didn't really have the money to eat whatever you wanted to eat, travel wherever you wanted to travel, do whatever you wanted to do. Solomon had it. And this is what he says, right? He said, first laughter, which by the way, that's how a lot of us have gotten through 2020 is great comedies on Netflix. Laughter is madness. And what does pleasure accomplish? I tried cheering myself with wine. We've also done a lot of that in 2020 and early 2021. And embracing folly, my mind still guiding me with wisdom. I wanted to see what was good for people to do under the heavens during the few days of their life. And then, then he said, I, I undertook great projects. This is what he did. He said, I built houses for myself and I planted vineyards. I made gardens and parks and I planted all kinds of fruit trees in them, right? This is my dream, right? Have a great house. Um, to have these pools and streams. And um, some of you have lived in places where you live on a creek or a river. It's just beautiful, right? Solomon had it all. He literally had fruit trees out there. Can you imagine being able to go out in your yard and be able to make guacamole from a lime tree and an avocado tree in your yard, right? And if God would just create a Corona tree on top of that, that I don't know how that would happen, but literally in your yard, he's just like, I've got all the fruit. I've got all the beauty. He built it all. He said he had herds and flocks more than anyone else, which meant he had big barbecues. He said he had silver and gold and the treasure of kings. He became greater than anyone. He said literally this, I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. Now, can you imagine? He said, anything I wanted, I took it. Anything that seemed pleasurable, I did it. And ultimately, he says all of it, was meaningless. He built these massive houses, right? History tells us Solomon was decadent in the way uh, that he indulged himself and his family and his thousand wives and concubines, right? And they had it all. And many of you have experienced this. It, literally, Solomon's life is like watching one of those, um, if you go back as old as I am, it started with like the lifestyles of the rich and famous, right? But now there's a million of them where people take you through their houses and they show you they got a garage with 25 cars and they've got this and they've got that. And, and they just look like, like this is the life, right? And this is, uh, my son was telling me about a, a show. I didn't see it, but Kanye taking people through this decadent house that he had, right? And it's like going through this whole show and saying, look how awesome it is. And at the end of it saying, none of it means anything. I got this big house, I got all these cars. None of it brings me any happiness. And for most of you, if you've had the kind of wealth that allows you to build your dream house, you quickly found out, right, when you moved in, I've talked to more Ecclesians about this than I can count, that you thought, when I move into that house, I'm finally gonna feel whole, like I've accomplished something. Something's gonna be finally right in the world. And you move in and you realize it's just a house and it has to be taken care of. Now, many of us, in the midst of a pandemic have also said like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind a bigger house, right? Trust me. Um, I've been in a house at times, right? With uh, myself, four kids. And for a while we had four dogs before we lost our beloved angel. Uh, that's a lot of poop to step in, in one house, right? I would have loved a little bit bigger house. We could have spread out a little bit more. We all wanted a little bit more room. Uh, you might want a little bit bigger house, but I promise you, if you build the house of your dreams, it's not the thing that's gonna make you happy. And then he goes on in chapter two and says, 
even work. And many of us have become workaholics. And he says, even work was meaningless. What did I gain, right? You do it over and over and over again. And no matter what I accomplished, he said, it, it wasn't enough. It didn't really bring me satisfaction. And then chapter three is a, is a unique chapter. If you've ever heard the bird song, right? Uh, for everything, turn, turn, turn. There is a season, turn. And it, it says over and over again, it's just quoting Solomon. It's really Solomon should get the royalties uh, on that song, right? And he just says, there's a season for this. There's a season for that. He says, there's a time to be born and there's a time to die. This is what he's saying. He's saying, you plant, you uproot. You kill, you heal. You tear down and then you build. You weep and then you laugh. You mourn and then you dance. You scatter stones and you only go gather them again. You embrace and then you, you refrain from embracing. That's the season we've been in. We, we're in a refrain from hugging. And many of us are like, can we get back to the hugging time? I'm one of those people. You search, then you give up. You keep, then you throw it away. You tear and then you mend. You're silent, then you speak. You love and then you hate. You have war and then you have peace. What's he saying? He said, life's just a cycle over and over and over again. And what's he saying? It's meaningless. He says, what do we gain? And there are times you can look at life again. This book can feel a bit depressing, as Sean mentioned. I, I, I think it's actually one of the most encouraging books. Uh, because for me, when I start to find my hope in the things I can touch, when I start to think pleasure is the purpose of life, right? And then you realize like, Pleasure's not doing it for me. And I, I can't even find pleasure in the things I used to find pleasure in. Or you feel like some of us, like Solomon does, and you, you work and then you rest, you're born, you die. Like what purpose is there in the world? Which is why I love that he goes from chapter three to chapter four. And in chapter four, I can see this is what Solomon says. He says, again, I looked and I saw the oppression that was taking place under the sun. Again, under the sun is apart from God. He said, I saw the tears of the oppressed and they have no comforter. Power was on the side of the oppressors and they have no comforter. And I declared that the dead who had already died are happier than the living who are still alive. Solomon looked and he finally saw the oppression of others, right? Here he was, he had all this wealth, he had everything. And he realized there are people that are working for nothing. There are people that don't have food. I, I got to tell you, Ecclesia, Wayne shared it with you last week, to look at the life of our church and to be able to realize that in just one of the projects that we're a part of last year, right? Uh, the work that we get to do at the Venezuela border, one of the places in the world that is suffering the most, to be able to look back and, and see that our church helped build a kitchen, uh, we had a fabulous donor who stepped forward when I said, we want to build a kitchen. He said, I'll do it, right? And, uh, and gave the money. We built a kitchen and we've been feeding people out of that place. But when the pandemic hit, things got worse. And you know what our team there did? They ramped up the meals. And you know what? In 2020, did you hear Wayne when he told you we served over 200,000 meals out of that kitchen? Um, you were able to fund that. Ecclesia, I just started this church just to do that single thing. Like what a gift to be able to feed 200,000 meals to people from Venezuela who are hungry, who've come to the border looking for help and for hope. And something happened, and this is what I want you to hear in this book, something happened for Solomon. When he went from being focused on building big houses and having what he wanted and seeking pleasure, and all of a sudden he saw the suffering of others. And when he saw the suffering of others, something changed in him. And I believe it called him 
towards the things that truly matter. And this is what he says at the end of the chapter, and this is what I want to leave you with. Solomon realized after he saw oppression that the things that mattered in the world were not what you could touch. They were not what you could buy. Right. Can you imagine to be uh, as wealthy as Jeff Bezos, right? What, what can that guy buy to give himself a thrill? Like nothing. And at some point Solomon came to that place. There was nothing left to buy. And for many of us, there's nothing left to buy because we don't have any more money. Or if we do, we're spending on credit and we shouldn't buy it. But when we come to the end of ourselves and say, life is not about what I can buy. And we finally see others and their suffering and we feel their pain. Something shifts. And this is what shifted in Solomon. This is where the tone of this book starts to change. And in verse 9, here of chapter 4, Solomon says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. What's Solomon saying? He's saying, we need each other. We don't need things. We don't need houses or pools. We don't, we don't need vineyards but we need each other. He says, how bad can it be when one person falls and there's no one there to help them up? You remember that uh, advertisement? There's a commercial that was on forever, right? And this older lady, they're trying to get you to buy something, some service. And she says, right, I've fallen and I can't get up, right? And they're, they're saying like, you need to get these, you know, thing to wear on your neck so that you can beep somebody when you fall. And and that's probably not a bad thing, although I don't know if that technology always works. I always think you don't need that little beepy thing. Like you need somebody with you. You need your, your niece or your nephew or your son or your daughter or your grandson or your granddaughter. You want somebody to be there with you when you fall. And when you fall, they help you get back up. He says, but pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, he says, if two lie down together, they'll keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. And he ends it this way. He says, a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Ecclesia, this is what I want to invite you in today. If 2021 is a new start for you, if it's a year that you reimagine what life is truly about, I want to suggest to you that it won't be about things and acquiring things. It won't be about pleasure, no matter how great the food is you can eat. No matter how great the wine is you can find, you won't be able to satisfy yourself with pleasure. But I believe we will find satisfaction in community. We'll find a sense of peace in knowing somebody's on my team. Somebody's with me. And the only way to have a friend like that is to be a friend like that. So I want to invite you this week to consider what would it look like to be a great friend? What would it look like? To think about the people around you. Who's having a birthday this week? Who's having a hard time? What can you do this week to be not just a good friend, be a great friend? I believe this year, more than anything else, more than great food and great wine, and you know how much I love that, more than a bigger house where your puppies can spread out and your kids can spread out, and Lord knows I wouldn't mind that either, more than anything you could touch, what you and I need most are great friends. And we can wax and pride about, I wish I had great friends, right? It never works. Just be a great friend and you will have great friends. Be the friend that you want. And so I invite you today, Ecclesia, will you ask God to speak to you? Who is it you're to reach out to? Who is it you're to serve this week? What does it look like to have a listening ear? To invite people to say, hey, I want to talk to you, but not so that I get to talk. So that I get to listen 
What's going on with you? How can I help you? How can I serve you? How can I help you feel connected to me in a way that lets you feel safe in this world? And I believe when we live in that kind of friendship, we'll find true satisfaction. Solomon found it in those places, and I believe we will as well. Ecclesia, will you give me a moment to pray for you? Lord God, I thank you. I thank you for wisdom that comes from the Bible. I thank you for unique books, truly like diaries from a rich, wise man that's honest about uh, where he struggled, what he couldn't find, and ultimately what he did find in you and in Christian community. And we pray today, Lord, that you would lead us to be great friends. Uh, We also pray that you would give us great friends, but we believe that the action point for us is to be the kind of friend that we believe we want to have and to experience. And so Lord, help us to care well for each other in a world where everyone is typically looking out for themselves. Let us be the unique people who follow you and are truly looking out for one another so that when one falls, we're there to pick them up. When one is cold, we lie down together and we find warmth together because we belong together. Lord, may it be so. We pray this together and we pray it in your name. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Holy Spirit, thank you for the message that you have given us through your servant, Chris. Sisters and brothers, we now come to the table of Jesus. Jesus is hosting this meal, and he is the one who is extending the invitation to you to join. And before we partake of the body and the blood, we are encouraged through scripture to bring our confessions before the Lord. Would you join me in this prayer? Lord, you have made us to be free, but we crave the cheap comforts of our chains. You have made us to serve others, but we have eyes only for ourselves. You have made us to love, but we are inflamed with lust. You provide that we may be generous, but we greedily hoard as if your well will run dry. You forgive time and again, but we hold fast to the sins of others. You offer light for our path, but we insist on making our own way. You are the God who saves. Lord, save us from ourselves. In your great mercy, restore and heal us and grant us your peace. As Jesus gathered with his friends, they shared a meal together and he took bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body. It is broken for you. When you eat it, remember me. And after the meal, he took the cup and said, this is my blood. It is shed for you. When you drink, remember me. Ecclesia, 
if you have decided to accept Jesus's invitation to this table. Again, remember, the body of Christ broken for you and the blood of Christ shed for you. Taste and see and experience the forgiveness, the redemption, the incredible love that God has for us. Amen. Morning by morning, I wake up to find the power and comfort of God's hand in mine. Season by season, I watch Him amaze in all the mystery of His perfect ways. All I have need of, His hand will provide. He's always been faithful to me. I can't remember a trial or a pain. He did not recycle to bring me gain. I can't remember one single regret in serving God only and trusting His hand. All I have need of, His hand will provide. He's always been faithful to me. Ecclesia, 
now comes the time in our service where I get to say a blessing over your children. But before we get to that, I have an update of a really fun and exciting thing that is happening in just 10 days. Our online Lent camp, Beautiful Things, is starting on Ash Wednesday. We are so excited to spend time with your children, learning stories about Jesus, doing art, and just learning about Lent and about Holy Week together and understanding the significance of it always, but also during a pandemic. You can go to our website to register at ecclesiahouston.org. There should be a button on the homepage. We are also looking for volunteers to be small group leaders during this event. So you can go to the same link and register as a volunteer to get more information. Now, let me say a blessing over your children. You can bring your children close or you can hold a picture of them or you can just think of any children that are in your lives. Heavenly Father, may you be with these children today and always. May you wrap your arms around them and fill them with love, with kindness, and with peace. We love you, Father. Amen. Our benediction today is adapted from a blessing by John Bailey. Grant, O oh God, that the spiritual refreshment we have this hour enjoyed may not be left behind and forgotten as we return to the cycle of common tasks. Here is a fountain of inward strength, a light to enlighten our souls. Holy Spirit, so guide us that in hours of stress, we may honestly seek after those things for which we have prayed for in hours of peace. Ecclesia, whatever gifts God has given you in this hour, we pray that they would extend and be multiplied into the rest of your day and week. Dwell in peace. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information, please visit our website at www.ecclesiahouston.org.